0: Welcome to Let's Plant Houses, the podcast where we delve into the incredible journey of parents who have kids with special needs. Whether you're a parent, a caregiver, or simply seeking to understand more about this journey, you're in the right place. So today, I have Lisa joining me as a guest on Let's Plant Houses. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Um, Before we get started, I did want to say how honored I am um, that you're here today sharing your story with me. So for our listeners today, we're going to hear about you, your family, and your daughter Shay, who sadly passed away four years ago. Um, And I wanted to say that Shay was an amazing young woman um, and one of the few friends that Nicola um, always talked about and always wanted to go see. And she really loved her time with her, and sometimes she still talks about her. So um, Lisa, thank you so much for being here to talk about Shay, to talk about her incredible life and to talk about the inspiring work you're doing in the community. So again, I just want to say I'm so honored that you're here. Thank you. So um, so Lisa, would you mind just telling the listeners a little bit about your family?
1: Um, my family, I had two daughters. I had Shay and a younger daughter, um, who thankfully is healthy and still alive. I'm remarried to a great guy. Life is definitely... Um, I don't know what the right word is. Smoothing out, easing Mm -hmm. up. It's better than it's been in a long time.
0: That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So thank you so much for sharing that start. Um, So what was life like when Shay was born?
1: When Shay was born, we had no idea there was anything wrong with her. Mm -hmm. So I went into labor five weeks early, had her. She wasn't breathing when she was born. They immediately intubated her and took her to the NICU. And they thought, oh, her lungs just weren't developed. Right. Okay, so they gave surfactant, and that didn't help. Long story short, over the next, like, eight weeks, she was in and out of the NICU. And we eventually found out that she had heart issue. Okay. And was airlifted to U of M. Okay. And so she had heart surgery. And then still we didn't know that she had um, a really rare Heart defect, that heart transplant was the only thing that would help. Wow. And this was like at four weeks old or? It was about nine, between nine and 12 weeks. Wow. Okay.
0: And so she had a transplant mm-hmm. that young? She was four months. Wow. Okay. So um, so I'm guessing that your lives were a lot different than you thought. Oh boy, yes.
1: Yeah. And. Yeah. No, go ahead. There were no music classes and, you know, Mm -hmm. Mommy and Me and Gymboree. It was just sitting bedside at a hospital for five straight months. Wow. You know, and it definitely was trying. Yeah. So when you
0: eventually brought Shay home, um, what kind of supports did you need to have
1: in place? So honestly, we didn't know. Yeah, of course not. And... We were just obviously so excited to bring her home and be like done with that part. Mm -hmm. Thank God my parents are extremely supportive because when she came home from the hospital, she was on 17 different medications. Oh my gosh. And they were all liquid because she got them in a G-tube. Oh my
0: gosh. So
1: all I could think of was like, I'm going to spend the better half of my life just drawing up medications. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness my dad found someone at the pharmacy at the hospital he works at and she ended up taking that over for me. And she drew up and labeled every medication of Shay's from probably six months to maybe eight years old. Wow! Um, until she was on less meds, and so it wasn't as you know hard to do, and th- the doses were higher, so I could actually see mm-hmm. the syringe. Right. Um, but without that, I don't. I I just probably would have had no other life other than medications. Right. So. Did she start school like on like
0: at the same time as a as a child would typically starts school? She,
1: she started early on. I want to say it was probably earlier than like a typical child because it was preschool. Yep. Um, yeah, she did preschool. Okay. And then um, we switched schools. She went to preschool again. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. then um,
0: we we did some redos on schools
1: too. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? She loved school, and I was so thankful for that. What'd she love about it? She loved her friends. She loved the teachers. She loved the parapro. She loved anyone that said her name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she just—excuse <coughs> me—the principal, whoever. I mean, she had no fear, and she just would talk to anyone.
0: So she, so she was no, so she was kind of like the mayor of the school. I would say <laughs> that's a really good description.
1: Everyone <laughs> knew Shay.
0: That's amazing. Um, and so what else did she love to do besides
1: go to school? Um, she loved hanging out with her grandparents. Mm-hmm. She liked music class. We did um, at Far Conservatory. Oh, yeah. We did music. That's a great program. It's a really good what program. What did
0: she like at Far Conservatory? Um, do you remember what she took?
1: It's okay if you don't I, remember. I think it was just like random the instruments and oh, singing. nice. Okay. Um and she like, liked like merry-go-rounds. Like she was one of those, like, for that input, that yep. spinning input, Sensory she could go input. on it eighteen, twenty times in a row. Oh and like thankfully, eventually she got old enough where she would sit on it without me. Cause like <laughs> <laughs> my stomach did not handle that quite as well as she did. Yeah, that just thinking about that makes my stomach upset. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I used to beg other people to please go on it with her. But no, she loved she just was a happy kid for
0: the most part. Right. So she really had, like, this zest for life. She, did. she She just had some medical complications that made that a little trickier. Correct.
1: Okay. But, you know, she went through so much. And every time, I, like, in my head, I would be like, oh, God, she's not... And sure enough, she was strong like an ox, and she came back from that, too. You know, right. it's. it took me longer to recover, I think, from most things than it did her. Because... Mm-hmm. I mean, I understood where what was going on and where it was going. Right. But no, she was I mean, she was just a happy kid. Well, just simply being the role of the caregiver is a lot. Oh,
0: by God, yes. Because because even when she's not awake or she's not with you, you're you're thinking about her. Right. And thinking about what's next and right. anticipating the needs. So that's
1: a lot too. And then trips up to Ann Arbor. I mean, at the beginning, we were probably going. Oh at least twice a week to different oh doctors and getting blood drawn. And, you know, obviously as the time went on, it, you know, faded out. But we were yep. still probably up there once a month at least. It's still a lot. Yeah. And it's you never knew if she was going to be happy in the car on the way there mm-hmm. or not happy. So it, it was hard. Right. You know, it's hard to drive on the expressway and entertain your kid that doesn't want to be in the car. Right. Because now – did. Did she she
0: she had like a medical um like the the complicated medical piece of that. Did she also have autism or no? They called it autism
1: like okay, symptom or, you know, she had a lot of similarities to the kids with autism, mm-hmm. but she definitely she had a big brain bleed. Okay. So her front front right lobe was pretty much gone. Okay. And so that's Where the behaviors and the not being able to read yet and that stuff comes from. Okay. But she did learn to read, right? She did. 11 years old. That is amazing. It is. It really, truly is. It's hard as a parent because you're going through like the trenches every day Mm -hmm. and putting out fires and hoping this is going to work and Mm -hmm. that's not going to work. And it's hard to stop and look at how far she came. Right. And, you know, it's... She just, it was her time, and that was when she was ready to do it. Right, right. I mean, she also wasn't potty trained till she was eight. I understand about that, too. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, I mean, I was her number one fan, but I didn't think it was possible. It just yeah. didn't seem like it was. Sometimes but, I felt like, as a parent, it's like,
0: when you finally accepted that that, that just wasn't going to happen... Then all of a sudden they're like, oh,
1: okay, now I'm going to go ahead and do that. Right. Well, we also, um, there's a specialist up at U of M Mm -hmm. that we worked with. And she, like, she asked me, that was one of the first questions she said. She's like, do you think she can do it or it can be done? And I said, not really. Right. But again, Shay was ready. So she (laughs) decided, you know. Right. That she was done. Yeah.
0: And sometimes just, again, as a caregiver, you're like, gosh, I'm really tired. Like, I don't know if I can keep pushing whatever, whatever the milestone is. But like, I don't know if I can keep pushing because I feel like they, you know, she doesn't want to do it. Right. Or, or, or is unable to do it. So am I basically punishing myself <laughs> or, and, and both of us by making us continue to do
1: this stuff? Right. Whatever I, it is. Thankfully, thankfully nothing. Thank, I mean, I had gone back to work two days a week. Mm-hmm. So I had help at home. Yep. And I always had them focus on whatever it was we were learning, trying, yeah. doing because I knew that an outside person would have way more success than someone who's emotionally involved. Yep. And so caregivers, you know, were amazing. I could there's I couldn't have done it by myself. There's just no way. Yeah. And I had a daughter that was 3 years younger. Right, right, and you have to try and
0: do things for them too. There's a like, lot of juggling. Yeah, like what if they have activities? What if they, you know, whatever, whatever the things are, that they have friends, they right. have appointments, you know, and it's so hard when you're juggling all those things.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a full-time job, really. Yeah. And then add on all the other things that you have to do.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm sure that you had a lot of what I call plan-a-house moments, Um, where you as a parent had to make the impossible possible for Shay. So I don't know if there's one that you'd like to talk about or share with our
1: listeners. Um, There were a lot. Um, I guess the first one would be her getting a new heart. Yes. I mean, I I didn't have control over that, but I had control over how I was going to care for her after and make, give her the best life I could possibly give her. Mm -hmm. Because I felt if she was going to get a second chance, I wasn't going to keep her in a bubble. She was going to live her life. And she did. And she truly loved life. And so somehow, you know, people are always, I don't know how you did it. How'd you do it? (laughs) And my response every time is I didn't have a choice. Nobody asked me if I wanted a sick kid or not. Right. I just got it, and I dealt with what I was dealt. You did the best. You you did the best job, right? You right? know, it's just so it's it's that was one of them, and then there were a lot of them. Um, I, again, I never thought she was going to be potty trained. I never thought yes. she was going to eat real food. We ended up in a feeding clinic in M- Milwaukee. I was pregnant with my other child. Wow, sleeping on some little cot next to her, um, but it got it. Got the ball rolling, and she started drinking from a sippy cup, and then progressed. So and this was probably because she had a feeding tube, right? Or Well, she or had no? the feeding tube yeah. because she had reflux so bad. Okay. And then um, she had a huge oral aversion because mm-hmm. she was on the ventilator for so long. Of course. And missed that time where most babies learn to suck and swallow and Okay. Because she was in a hospital bed. Yeah. That
0: makes absolute sense. Yeah. Wow. So that is... Um, yeah, that is a lot. Um, thank you. So as we talked about earlier, um, so four years ago, again, I'm very sad to say that Shay passed away after her long fight. Um, I know you and your family did everything. <laughs> you could help her to, to live this her best life. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I know you're helping other families do the same. So would you want to share a little bit you know, about your experience and how you're uplifting others? Sure.
1: So Shay was um, very active in the friendship circle. You want to talk a little bit what that is? Um, friendship circle is. I don't know. How to, it's um. It's a great place. Yeah. That you go and you can be with other kids that, with special needs, mm-hmm. and they try to have you do things as typical as possible. You know, you, they have dance classes and music classes and day camp. They also had um, a two or three night sleepover camp that the only reason I let Shay go was because one of my babysitters also worked there. Right. And so I knew that she knew all of Shay's meds and all of, you know, so I wasn't as scared. And Shay loved it. She did it, I think, three years in a row before she passed away. Mm -hmm. And so when she passed away, we started a fund at Friendship Circle called Shay Sends a Kid to Camp. And it's for kids that can't otherwise afford to go to either day camp or overnight camp, whichever they're applying for. Sure. And so every year we pick. We've probably since she passed away we've probably sent a good twenty plus kids to That's camp. That's amazing. Yeah, that wouldn't have been able to go. So I will say, so
0: Nicola went to Friendship Circle Camp. This is probably a couple of summer. It was a couple of summers ago. I mean, you and I talked. I think we ran I think into so. each other. We talked about it. Yeah. And she had a really great time. Um, and I'm going to say because. Because it's so amazing what you're this gift that you're giving to the kids to be able to go who couldn't always also go. But as you know, as parents, it is a gift to the parents, too. It is a gift to the family to have those just those few days, because often a lot of us aren't eligible for respite or we can't find caregivers, um, especially after COVID. There's just like not a lot of people um, that want to do that kind of work. And it's really hard. And so um, being able it is a beautiful
1: gift that you are giving families. Thank you. Friendship Circle is a beautiful gift also. Yes. That obviously, yes, we help them to help other kids, but what they do for kids with special needs is just amazing. Yeah. Their town. (laughs) I
0: don't know if anybody's been to their town, but they have this whole entire town that they built. Within the friendship circle. So it simulates um, like the real world experience. Right. So,
1: like a movie theater. Yes.
0: So, if kids have aversions, like there's a dentist office, there's a pet shop, there's what you said, a movie theater. And there's all these cool experiences so that kids can really um, understand in a safe place, right. like, you know, what it's like. So that way they can learn to, like, hopefully overcome some of their sensory issues or whatever. Function Again, the,
1: in society. Yes. Yes, and Nicola loved that place. (laughs) uh, Yeah, and they also have um, Soul Studio now. I don't know if Nicola did. It's um, the adult version of Friendship Circle. Mm. I mean, that's like the short of it. Yeah. Kids go there and they do art, whatever art they choose to do. Okay. Um, Their support, you know, they all have buddies. Mm -hmm. Um, And they also, in addition to that, they also – can go to overnight camp for the couple days. Oh, that's great. So I never had to deal with having an adult child mm-hmm. with special needs, but I can only imagine how it just probably gets more difficult. So it's just amazing that these they start these things and they just take off. Right. It's just great support. I think the other
0: thing um, that they have as well is they have a bake shop. I think that was our baking program, right? Yes,
1: Dakota Bread.
0: Yeah, and I think that started a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. and um, I've only heard great things. I mean, Nicola did try (laughs) to do the training. It didn't quite work out for us. But um, but I do know a lot of um, families have benefited from their kids going through that program as well.
1: And it's just such a great – you know, it's things that most people wouldn't think about Mm -hmm. that as a parent of a child – With special needs, like, you know, anything to help them grow, learn, be out of the house for an hour, whatever it is, they were always, you know, entertained or, you know, with someone or, you know, so it it was just always positive information or positive experience.
0: Well, by doing these adult programs too, you're extending... Their ability to so, so let me back up. As you know, a lot of the kids, once they age out at 26, they lose a lot of their structure and they're just built in relationships, right? They're seeing these friends all the time, um, they're seeing just teachers, whatever, whomever those folks are that they have relationships with. And by having these adult programs, you're helping them again to build that infrastructure when the schools are gone so they can have a meaningful life. Of course, you want relationships, are like the most valuable thing for us as human beings
1: Absolutely. and for them
0: to be able to still have that regular interaction with the community is incredible
1: i couldn't agree more and it takes a special person to volunteer there yeah, yeah. or you know to work there whatever it is and that's the amazing part to me is they always found amazing or continue to amazing people to work with mm-hmm. kids and adults with special needs
0: That is really cool It is. You're right. It's just like, it's, it's incredible. They're able to do that. Yeah. Um, so I know that you are also, I know this isn't directly like related to special needs, but you've also been doing some work with another organization. Um, is it the Gary Bernstein clinic?
1: I did volunteer there for a while. I wasn't, um, I thought I was done working as a nurse. (laughs) I thought I was retiring. And so I worked there for about a year and a half. Wow. um, just as a volunteer, mm-hmm. it was an unbelievable experience. The Gary Bernstein Clinic is for people without insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a dental part and a medical. And where is it located? It is off of Woodward, just past St. Joe's. Okay. So is that in Pontiac? Mm
0: hmm. Okay.
1: And um, it just was a very, very positive experience for me, you know, to be able to help people that ordinarily I probably wouldn't see in my practice, but, yep. you know, and it's, it's just a whole different way of living. Yeah. You know, and so I learned a lot and then I decided to go back to work. <laughs> and so I can only... So you're out of retirement. I, right. I came out of retirement and, um, I just worked part-time and I just couldn't juggle all of it. Yeah. But I also, um, was volunteering with JARC. Oh, which, um, Again, probably tell folks a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, JARC is, I always forget. What, it's okay if you don't know the acronym. Um, <laughs> it's group homes for mm-hmm. adults with special needs. Okay. Um, the one that I volunteered at, um, they had, I don't know if they had 24-hour care, but mm-hmm. they had whatever the people that lived in the house needed. Yep. And so, you know, they try and put them with the best fit of other women that, you know they'll get along with, or yeah, that, like, the, like the right the same age things. group, right. or Yeah, right. It's not like a twenty-one-year-old and a sixty-year-old, right? You know they're more similar, mm-hmm. and that again, that's a special person. that, yeah. I mean to be there all day, and you just don't know what's coming your way. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's an incredible organization, and I mean we looked at that
0: one at one point, but they're pretty, because um, they're because they are so good. They're I believe they're full.
1: Like, yeah, yeah, I imagine they probably are. Yeah I don't I think they have they have like 22 or 23 houses. It's just a struggle right now generally
0: speaking for caregiving just <laughs> um, it's just really hard to find like you said find those special people. Um, the wages are not that high that's, and that's not a, that's not a jerk thing that is just, no that's a, a that's serious a, problem. Though. Yeah it's a federal government um, you know issue right it's at that level. Um, and so and they require a lot of training. So, I mean, you're, you're you're basically saying, like, we're going to pay you, I don't know, 16 to $21 an hour. You may or may not get health benefits. You're going to go through all this training, and you're going to be working with some of the most vulnerable people. So that's that's really tricky. And that's why it makes it really complicated, I think, Absolutely. for um, housing, even though there's a huge need. So but it's great that you're able to, like, spend some time there because I'm sure that they are grateful yeah. um, to have you.
1: It's just a very special experience, you know, it's... For them, it's the same thing over and over and over, and then you have, like, one day where someone else smiling comes in, and Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's just uplifting for them. Yeah. You know, even if you're there for 20 minutes, it's just diversion that they wouldn't ordinarily get. Yeah. That's amazing. So
0: I guess the last question I have for you today, Lisa, and we can still keep talking, of course, is for families new on this journey. I say journey just generally speaking because now you're talking about your personal experience. You've got all this beautiful volunteer work, so you're you're seeing other families. But based on your lived experience, um, what advice might you give
1: families? Um, My advice would be um, start as young as you can mm-hmm. um, with therapies like physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. Um, do it as many times a week as you can. Yep. And there are so many opportunities out there that weren't even there when Shay was alive. Right. That are there now like for kids to, you know, Special Olympics. There's bowling. There's all kinds of stuff that they can partake in. That helps them learn to grow. Right. And I think the other big thing is, as we all know, it's it's very upsetting sometimes when your child isn't typical, right? It doesn't fit in with the others. But I realized with Shay that she had so much to teach me that once I relaxed a little mm-hmm. and could take that stuff in. It, it, it was truly amazing. I mean, just her will to live and her, she never gave up on anything. Right. And she, you know, she just loved people and she had an infectious smile. And, you know, like it, that stuff that you don't learn as a parent unless you stop and, for lack of a better term, smell the roses. Right. Because you don't want to miss that. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, So um, I guess at this point, I'm just going to say thank you so much for being a guest today. Thanks for having me. Um, We really appreciate, well, I'm hoping all our listeners really appreciate you sharing this amazing story and how you're doing all this great work in the community to help other people. Um, So again, I'm so grateful that you're here. Um, For those of you listening in, um, I hope that you found this inspirational and, and you're Feel a connection with what you heard today. If you'd like to support this resilient community, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, or sharing this podcast with others who might find it meaningful. So join us next time on Let's Plant Houses. Take care.